I'm not so worthless when you're a few drinks in, and I'm not quite sure I like that. I'm not one of those fools clinging to your every move and over When you let go, I'll be gone. I'll be gone. I don't want to stay. So as he breathes life into, he also taketh away the music. I think Mikey does the fade in and fade out portion of this. So we thank him for that. We never thank him for taking the tunes away, though, because, well, that's just nonsense because we want to keep the tunes flowing. We've got Mark from Hungover hanging out with us today. What's doing, old pal? Old pal, how you been? Oh, you know, just good. Hanging out. Living life, doing music, sweet. Uh, trying to be an adult. Nah, it's being an adult is the worst. That's oh, like, no one tells you that it is almost impossible. It's nah, so hard. I, I, I wish, like, when I I moved out of my parents, I mean, one of my, I'm 35 I'm, or 36. No, you are 36, Tom. I'm, yeah, I'm 35. Shit. So, when I, I mean, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 18. If you could, like, like if you could make me not ever do that ah uh, please like like i would take 10 more years of like what did i really gain all i really gained was like i could have a girl over without the door closed like that's really all like i gained so unfortunately to me it's like wow i'd give that freedom away any minute of time to have like no debt and a like pretty in a better bank account <laughs> I feel if it wasn't for music, I think that I would be in a very similar situation. I got in a van and left almost as soon as I turned 18. Yeah. Uh, but I still pretty much ended up in the same financial situation as you. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I mean, it, it's it's unreal to think about. Like, you know, we we talk to bands, you know, all the time. You know, every week we get to talk to a new band, which is sweet. It's something awesome about what we do. And, you know, we always talk about the genesis of bands and, you know, where you started and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I guess you really don't ever get the chance to talk about it. But since you bring it up, now we can meander into that topic of, like, really what it takes to, like, make that decision. Like, am I going to be in a band or am I just going to, you know, do this on weekends? Um, I feel like it, th that decision was made for me pretty early. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in, in high school, um, I don't know how, how many of you guys are into like, uh, like MySpace post-hardcore era stuff, but at my high school, the big band was Broadway and they all like dropped out of school or like graduated and, and decided to just go on tour. And 
I was like, dude, that'd be so sick to, to do that one day. And after my first semester of college, my buddy Gabe, who played bass in that band, was like, hey, I'm kind of done with this. I've been touring since I was 16, and now I'm 18, so I'm grown up. <laughs> I think he might have been 19 or 20. He was going to go to school, and I was like, I hate school. And he asked me if I would fill in for him on bass. Um, so I might have been just about to be 19. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they took me out on tour, and I didn't stop for like probably seven years after that. Wow. Um, so I just was too young and dumb to know that I was going to waste a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it just go hard from that point just, on. Just in general, like you know, you you almost kind of wonder like how many bands from your hometown had they been able to flip that switch would 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 have been really successful like you never know and then i guess the other side of it too is like you always wonder what bands had that determination that should have like you know that should have died in their hometown you know so you've got the two different sides of that whole deal kind of but like but i i don't know i just think it's so fascinating talking about you know that moment when when you knew it clicked because that's hard for a lot of people there's you leave behind so much, you know, especially if you're a little bit older and you decide to do this. I mean, you leave behind all of this. I mean, you know, your place that you're renting that you pay every month that, you know, your job that's been supporting you and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure it's so difficult to just snap your fingers and be like, yeah, let's go. So accommodations for that, man, for being able to do it. Big time. Uh, And I I have two kids now, so it's even harder. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jeez wild like i'm very like i'm very stable at home so Mm -hmm. like now that we're starting to roll into i'm in two projects that are both starting to put out music and like talking about shows and how we're going to push the record and how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that or whatever and i'm like am i gonna miss a weekend (laughs) am i gonna miss miss that i've become especially post pandemic yeah of course so used to being at home you know yeah it's it's weird it's very interesting the and like your profession too man doesn't make it super easy to take time off like yeah because you know we know you're a barber because you cut justin's hair so like we basically do a podcast every two months literally like no joke (laughs) every two months you wait that long yeah typically it's getting pretty long it's getting pretty long so i gotta go back yeah <laughs> dude i'm like an it's every three weeker oh, two man. or three weeks is like the max for me but but I like i said about... like it's super tough man because i make my appointment with my barber like literally months in advance and then like he my my barber went to the dominican republic and the week i needed to get a haircut was when he was on vacation i thought my world was gonna end <laughs> oh dude <laughs> Dude, I get I get that all the time. I I get a text once a week at least that says, "Oh my God, it's impossible to get in with you." And I'm like, six other people figured it out." <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's impossible. Yeah, I don't it think I've ever crazy. had a hard time like booking with you at all. Yeah, but you're doing it probably more than the day before. <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. I'm doing like yeah. maybe like three or four days before. Yeah, you can usually get in with no problem if you do it that early. But I, I want to, we, we kind of, we, we touched upon it a little bit, but I don't think that Mikey and Tom know how influential Broadway was to the Florida scene, like not even just Orlando. 
it was it was crazy how because I knew uh I think when they wrote Kingdoms, my buddy Gabe was not in the band yet, or maybe he was or was about to be. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But um I just remember like they were like, Do you want to play bass? And he was gone and he was in Japan and he was in I think they went to Australia and he was here and in Canada and all and it's like, dude, he was a baby. Like he was a um he was he was a kid. I remember one time I hit him up and uh he I was like, Hey man, how you been? He was doing uh FLBS Florida Virtual School. And he goes, Oh, Johnny Craig just helped me with my math homework. And I was like, That's so <laughs> we're sixteen. I was like, That's so weird. Like it's also kind of scary. And and you got to you got to see your friend it's Kissimmee in Orlando and I guess Florida in general is like it's like that joke like how do you know everyone we all went to Florida together you know yeah um, so um, everybody knows everybody and to see this band just like start to ascend like one day they're playing the church in your hometown and then a few months later they're on Fuse like <laughs> that's crazy like it was such a big deal and. It just like maybe not to the rest of the world, but to Florida, it seemed like they were the biggest thing at the time. It was wild. I feel like it was them and like Burden of a Day were the two Florida bands that were just absolutely crushing it in like the 2007 to 2010 like range. And like, yeah, like so Broadway, they had, you know, like Mark said, they had Johnny Craig on a track, they had Craig Owens on a track for their debut album um the band the band i think kingdoms was recorded with jack fowler was still in the band yeah so jack fowler sleeping with sirens if you look at that family tree it's actually crazy so greg from cashed out sang for broadway before uh misha sang for broadway jack went on to be in sleeping um jake jake went on to be in memphis uh Sean did a bunch of stuff. He was in this band, The Atlantic, for a little bit. Now he's in, in Hungover. Um, not as cool as those other bands. But, like, just, it goes on and on and on. And, not like, uh, Felipe is in Rain City Drive now. Uh, there's just, so much has come from that that project. It's actually wild to think about. That Rain City Drive, that's, like, the Slaves reboot, right? Yeah, they uh they got uh the dude from one of the dudes from The Voice is actually in their band now. Um he rips, he's a really talented singer. See also bands are doing like reboots now? Like even bands are doing that? Well, I yeah, think the name uh, was questionable to begin with. Yeah, it's yeah. not my favorite thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> wait, so wait. No. So which the band that was formerly that band, that was Johnny Craig's band, right? Yeah, Johnny yeah, Craig's yeah. no longer in it. No, and then Issues, who was who is Issues? That was Tyler issues, Carter. Tyler Carter. Ugh. I don't know, man. I can't. It's hard to <laughs> keep up with all this stuff, you know? But like, it's almost, it's almost impossible. It's There's so many. That's the, that's the best and worst thing about music now, is that you might not ever get to hear what could be your favorite band because mm-hmm. the, the market is so... not. I wouldn't say oversaturated because... It's great that so much music is coming out, but I think yeah. over a thousand songs a day, maybe ten thousand or something. I forget the the number. Get uploaded to Spotify every single day. That's a ton of music. Like there's that's yeah. so much. It's yep. wild. 
like 60 years ago if you were really into this one like specific type of jazz you had to like find a club that, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. like, somewhere like miles away then you have to be like lucky enough to be in the city that had that music yeah now you could just begin with, in, yeah, like, exactly uh, you can just be like uh Latin jazz from the 1970s, and you have like every single Latin yeah. jazz song that's ever been recorded at your you, fingertips. It's like wild to think about. You know, the existence of Spotify and Apple Music in general are to a to a listener just the greatest thing in the world. You know, I mean, I yeah. could, no matter where I am, you know, it, all I have to do is just look at my phone, and you know, it used to be when you would be having an argument with your friends where you'd be like. Yeah, you know, Alexis on fire. That the and someone would be like, Yeah, no, Alex is on fire. And then you'd be like, you know, get into fucking physical arguments about it. Like yeah. that's what used to happen then. And you only could really figure that out if you like went on pure volume or like actually went to go see the band. But like nowadays, Shut man, like you, nowadays it, it, it's awesome because you could, you know, be astounded by this if you were in like your 50s and 60s and you grew up loving music and buying vinyl and eight track and cassettes and doing all that jazz and now it's all boom right there but the other side of it which like kind of always sucks to me is just hearing how these um these you know different networks to get music to people and these streaming services they just kind of like hack it up and sort of take advantage of their artists. You know, like you, you see some of these, you know, bands that you think are tremendously successful and, you know, you look, Oh, you've got, you know, this many plays and, Oh, you guys must be hitting it big. And then, you know, they text you a picture of their, you know, their check from them and it's like $56, you know, and it's, it's just insane. like, it's really insane. It uh, rips. It, it's it just like rips your heart out. It's not good. Yeah. It, uh, we're in this is like inside baseball but now that we're getting ready <laughs> to put out lp1 for hungover we're talking about yeah. what ep1 did mm -hmm. and you see like i i saw that we had a couple songs that hit a million streams and i was like oh must have done okay you know yeah and then you see the numbers and you're like oh it didn't do that good well as a consumer like I, I'm totally relying on like Spotify being around forever though, because I would mm -hmm. say since I've joined Spotify premium, like five or six years ago, yeah, you know, since I pay $18 a month for that service, like I haven't bought as much music mm -hmm. as I used to, like I used to have so much physical music. And then like, eventually it started just taking over my living space that I was just like, I don't know if I really like want this to just like clutter my house at this point. So like, that's why I kind of made the switch to Spotify premium, but like, let's say Spotify tomorrow is just like wiped out. Like the music that I've fallen in love with these last five or six years, yeah, it's like, all gone. it's all gone. And like, it's so much harder yeah. to find. Yeah. It's so much harder to find. And I, I listened to um, the pod meets world, which is like a breakdown of boy meets world. Yeah. And, they, they keep talking about how they have continued to buy DVDs because like if these streaming services go away, like some of their favorite movies will just be totally wiped out. 
And are they like anticipating like a Y2K situation? <laughs> I don't know. Like, but who knows? Like a Y2J situation. Oh, who knows what Blockbuster would ever go away? Like I in our childhood, it was such an important part of like our Friday and Saturday night. Like I, I just thought Blockbuster yeah. would be there forever. And the old adage with Blockbuster too is like when Netflix went to Blockbuster being like, Hey, like this is what we do. Blockbuster is like, get the laughed fuck out of the out room. Of here. Like <laughs> laughed him out of the room and now you know, there's one blockbuster left in like Portland, Oregon, or whatever. You know, it's it's so crazy. Wild. But you guys ever like uh, go to the grocery store now and see a red box and go, huh? Yeah, <laughs> we'll do that. Amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, people and still it's... rent video games from those. That's, I guess, yeah, that that's cool. I didn't even really thought about that. I'm not, a and huge you know, gamer. but like not like the thing, and I'm not a huge gamer either. But the way that video games are tailored now. Um, it's like a it's like a multi month long experience. It's like it's so hard for like a a game fly to work now. You know, like what Blockbuster was doing, where you could rent games from Blockbuster. Gamefly was essentially like, here we'll you know ship you a disc and you can play the game and we'll charge you by day and when you're done you can send it back. But like the reality of it is like you know, especially now with games, like the way they're built now is like, you have all of these things to explore and do. And like, you'd never be, be able to play a game for two days and then just return it. You know, it's just, I don't think that format works anymore for video games. I, you know, and it's kind of weird that like Netflix really became a streaming service and they've all but dropped the whole idea of shipping DVDs to you like that that model of netflix i thought was genius i loved it i was like Does you need to tell me i don't i don't they i don't even know stopped. yeah they recently they, they, stopped. they stopped it they did huh and it, it was just so crazy to me because they had like every movie you could imagine like you could think of and all you had to do is like type it in like i was like oh i'm on a what whatever kick of you know I want to watch everything Christopher Nolan ever directed or something. And it's like all there and granted, like, you know, they'll ship you like two at a time or whatever, but like with a, with a movie, I feel like it's easy enough to like pop it in, watch it, have that experience and be like sick. Okay. I don't need this anymore. And if I want to have this experience again, I'll just jump on Netflix again and have them ship it to me overnight, you know, in another six months. But, you know, I think, just the way that music is consumed just to kind of tie it all back is, um, you know, with music, I always want to listen again, you know, like, I don't know if I feel that way about video media specifically. Um, but like, I know with music, it's always going to be there. And it just sucks that like, when you look at DVD, like residuals versus musician residuals in general, like musicians are always getting their legs cut out from under them. And you're talking like a, a copious ingestion of content from a mus- from, from consumer to musician, right? You're talking like an album, which, you know, granted like movies take years to produce, but I mean, you have the theater, you have this, you have that, you have the DVD sales and all this stuff with, with music. It's like, we took a year writing this album, this album's out. Yeah. You know, Enjoy like, it. please do something, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. And and it just sucks that the, you know, the musician side of all of this just as kind of gets dunked underwater. But it I is, mean, I can't complain, you know, as a consumer ever. It is very peculiar that like people say like 
music is the the soundtrack of life or or whatever mm-hmm. and it does like as opposed to to video or, or movies or whatever hopefully you're not go- hopping in the car and uh putting on game of thrones <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> um, but you'll you'll pop on that song and it'll be on repeat and it's like people say it all the time like oh yeah i have this song on repeat i've been jamming this all day this that and the other thing you you go into work and like there's music playing and all, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to think. Uh, I would be curious what the statistic is to uh, what your Spotify subscription uh, totals out to like per amount of time you've listened. Like how much per second are you spending? Like it's gotta be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny. Cause yeah. when I get my, my Spotify wrapped, it's like you listened to, 10,000, however many, 10,000 yeah, 10 days of music. music. And it's like, yeah. I had 10 days. <laughs> like, to and, to music and the other there. crazy reality of that, right, is like flashback to, and I, I've, I've been thinking about this for a while because I just went and listened to Razorblade Suitcase by Bush. I was like, let me listen to this old 90s, mid 90s record and like see if it holds up. And it held up. It's still pretty good. But like with, with Razorblade Suitcase, you know, the only thing from it is you'd go onto like k-rock or whatever your alternative music radio was where you were from and maybe you heard like the chemicals between us you heard the single right you had to go and trust that everything on that album was going to rip as much as that single and then you went out and bought the cassette or the cd right so i remember like doing that personally when i was like 11 years old like walking into a sam goody and i bought they got me man Chumble one hit, got like, you? I was like, oh, the rest Great. of the album is going right? to be awesome. Isn't it incredible? Dude, and then not, nothing like it. Garbage. And then the rest and of the, the other... album is all about hating on the queen. <laughs> and I can talk about Blur like incessantly, but like if you listen to Song 2 and you're like, oh, awesome, everything's going to sound like Song 2, you're sorely mistaken. Blur fucking rips though. But anyways, just real quick, the point I'm making, and then I'll shut up, is that you know, I had to go out and buy Razorblade suitcase and spend like eighteen ninety nine on it, right? And if the and if it sucked and I only listened to it once, like that's a bummer. Like I spent twenty dollars as like a hard earned kid money on something. Nowadays, like you don't have to do that. You don't like you can be like, oh dude, like this record rips. Let me go listen to it on Spotify. You listen to it on Spotify. Then if you're like a good consumer, like like I I like to think that I am. Cause I own like 600 records. I listen to something. I love it. I buy it on vinyl. Like that's just how I work. I get to support the artist by buying it on vinyl. Unless I buy it secondhand. If I have to buy a vinyl secondhand, then you know, if it's a band that exists, like I try to buy something from them so I can support them. But it's just like, it's a, it, it's a, a, a nice luxury to not have to choke through something and feel like, man, I spend my hard earned money on this. I have to like this. And like, in reality it's just bummer city i like to use this as a metric uh of how much i enjoy a person like in in an initial conversation do you remember the the first record you actively like sought out like mom and dad i would like this record oh yeah i can tell you exactly what it was it was (laughs) and it sucks that I, i have to say that it's what it was but it was the Savage Garden record. I think it was Truly Madly Deeply. And it had like the Chicka Cherry Cola song on it. And I, I must have been like 
eight years old because I think that record came out in like 95 or something. And I remember saying to my mom, like, oh, mom, I've heard the song on the radio. Like, I really like it. Can you get me like, can you get me the, the album? And she was like, OK, fine. And then, like, I did the most disturbing thing that like a tiny son could ever do to their mom, which was. Quick caveat. Do you remember back in the day when there was like random house catalogs, right? I was waiting for this story to come out too. I was sitting it's here coming. waiting for it. It's coming hard. So these random house catalogs pre nine 11, like you could kind of fuck with them. Like I could like send away. So the whole idea was like, if they gave you a postcard with like a really, really long list of records, you picked six records that you got for a penny and then you essentially had to buy three CDs at club price, which were like $24, $25, right? But back in the day, it, they didn't take your money first. They, they essentially billed you for it. So, which right? A and crazy, crazy thing. So, pre 9 11, this old man signs up as like Thomas Vicario, like TL Vicario, like Tommy V. Carrier, like six different names. Six different names, but I'm not smart enough to be like, well, let me send them to like addresses around my neighborhood and see if I can like gank the CDs. No, no, no. I sent them all to like my house. So of course my mom finally gets the bill and it's like $300, but I had like, I had like a gnarly 30 CD collection, dude. I had like stuff that 10 year old shouldn't have like, uh, like Beck's Odelay. I had that. I had that on Hell CD. Yeah. Like how fucking cool is that? But I also had like Spice Girls and stuff, so it was, it was yeah, it was what it was. But that's what happened. But yes, yeah, so to answer your question, the first record I actively ever wanted, like my mom to get me, was that Savage Garden record, and she did get it for me. And she looked for a clean version, but there was none because it was already it's clean already. Started. However, when I did go ask my mom to go buy me Reload by Metallica reload by metallica i got the edited version so so to piggyback on that whole looking <laughs> for the clean version thing uh i got two records at once Woo! that i asked for uh right. previous to this i was given uh a backstreet boys record and an in-sync record because nice. my mom knew i liked the songs yeah but the first two records i asked for were uh I don't know if it was called live in la vida loca or it was like self-titled ricky martin or what i asked for that record and if you know me as a person, you you know that this is the duality of me. The other record I asked for was It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX. And <laughs> my mom did find uh, a censored version of that record, which is insane because it's like every other word is cut out and then every other word that isn't cut out is just barking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what else were you going to get with so DMX, I knew like, you were getting the barking. Yeah, dude, my cousins put me onto DMX. I was like, "This is incredible!" <laughs> like, it's so, as a six-year-old, like, <laughs> why was I listening to that? But it was like, "Am I <laughs> 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 the whole record? I got I got into mystical through now. That's what I call music volume like eight because they had Ooh, blue yeah. bitch on it, and they blurred all of it out. That's incredible! What a powerful <laughs> compilation. <laughs> Dude, I honestly compilations were like compilations were like kind of like my lifeblood back in the day. Like that's how I found out about so much cool shit. Like 
I remember going to like a music festival when I was like 17 and I just got like a, I like a plastic bag of samplers from all these different like labels. And like, it was back in the day when like Subsidy is going to give you this sampler and hopeless is going to give you this. And epitaph is going to give you this. And like, like, like it was so cool. And then like you look in your bag and like, I had like a punkorama and like all this shit, dude, I found out about so much music through compilations that like it, it almost like, totally bums me out that like they really don't exist as much anymore like i saw that smart punk just um announced a a a blink comp which like i'm super stoked on especially untitled record because i can't wait to hear what people's you know takes on that are going to be but uh i feel like comps are gone you know and uh i you know i i guess it's kind of hard to like get a comp on vinyl or something unless you're you're literally buying it to listen to the whole comp but like you know having it on cd was cool like i had a comp from equal vision records that had like the first circus survive song on it ever and it was track one and i listened to track one like 50 times and it was great the laser burned the cd yeah so like (laughs) the cd was literal dust but like that was how i did shit and then like when finally like some online shit started coming i mentioned pure volume again as silly as it sounds but pure volume and and, and mp3.com like i started learning about record labels and like you know i was like an 18 year old and i was like okay like i love saves a day and they were on vagrant so let me check out all the other bands on vagrant so i did and then i like some of them and you know it's, it's just like that's how my crazy brain worked but you know kind of nowadays is sort of like you just have this huge internet that never ends and like you could find out about anybody from anywhere well that's kind of that's kind of the dope part is that like there's a kid who loves pop punk so much that they will uh make a playlist and they will champion that playlist and they'll put it in the defend pop punk group and they'll yeah. put it in Reddit, and they'll put it on this, and they'll put it on that. And then there are some playlists that I've I've looked at, and I'm like, this has ten thousand saves. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's that's crazy. So so while uh, while there's not that now, that's what I call music comp. Or like my favorite was always the Warp Tour compilation. I look forward oh, to that so every good. year. So good. Uh, now like there are so many people who like, um. Like they're curating things on their own and it, it comes down to the person. Like if I really like Justin's taste, I could just go to his Spotify profile and go, oh, dang, he has this lit ass Frank Sinatra playlist or whatever it is, you know, like I just like get a you can kind of look into someone's psychology or whatever. Like if you looked at my Spotify playlist, you'd be like. This dude is curating a weird vibe for sure. <laughs> that was that was definitely the only cool thing about the Microsoft Zune is if you walked next to someone near someone who had a Microsoft Zune, like close enough to them, you could like peer into what they're listening to and like see like what Pokemon they listen to. Music. Yeah, <laughs> but like that was I remember like that was a selling point like back in the day when I sold iPods, I'd be like. You can get the Apple iPod, which fucking rips face and is going to live forever. Or you can get the Microsoft Zune and like share your playlist with your friend to, like while you're jogging. And they're like, I'm going to get the iPod because I'm not a fucking idiot. And I was uh, like, shout out to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for having a Zune. Did they really <laughs> have a Microsoft Zune? They really had a Microsoft Zune in the movie. I remember. Dude, I don't even know what the, they are or look they, like. 
Dude, oh, they are. It looks look, like look a, at them. It's like a chunky boy, and it's like a zoon. You know, yeah. I can't explain it to you other than saying zoon. Um, it looks like a like a thinner iPad, like iPod, like for the iPod yeah. Touch back in the day. Is literally what it looks like. And it's also reminding me of like other things that have been archived in my brain forever. Like Creative Labs made one <laughs> that I remember. That was like we also had on the same planogram as the zoon. To try to sell it, and well, I think, uh, dude, I definitely never saw a single too. person with one of those. What with the Zune? Yeah, I, I had friends with Zune. They they were like <laughs> hardcore, like the same people who don't who refuse to have like an Apple phone. <laughs> the like the hardcore Android people, they had Zunes. I promise. Dude, I mean, I, like, I know they were out there. They're out there. Zunes. I had a mini disc player back in the day. It was like a little floppy disk that you would like throw into this little Sony thing, and it held like fifteen songs. It was all My Chemical Romance, but of course it was. Why (laughs) would it be anything else other than My Chemical Romance? Uh, Yeah, I used to make MP3 CDs and shit, so I know I did weird shit too when I was a youngin. Right? He sure did. But you know what's not weird? What DraftKings? (laughs) No. That's good. So new, new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas and West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible and gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet of $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost, eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. All right, podcasters. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to my favorite playlist on Spotify, Turtle Gang Shit, on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. And let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons even have 32 hours of battery life, including eight hours of playtime. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They even come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. And they start at half the price of those premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycon comes with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. 
So create your own playlist with Raycon right now. Bar Down Breakdown listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on your own pair of Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN for the offer. Boom. That's how it's done, Justin. Well done. I do love that playlist, is, though. Yeah, Total what is that shit. playlist? Yeah, what the hell is that? Um, It's actually called fucking Turtle Gang shit, but I had to keep it clean for, for the okay. ad, but it's called Turtle Gang shit. It's got some good bands on there. All right. So, yeah, Mark, let, let's jump into a little hungover talk. So did you kind of go from playing ba- uh, bass and Broadway to just jumping into hungover, or was there kind of an in-between so that's actually pretty much the way you said it is exactly how it happened um i played bass on the last broadway tour which was like crazy because i went from being a local musician uh to touring across the country and that tour we supported uh red jumpsuit apparatus so my first tour ever i was very very fortunate to be given that opportunity and then there was talk about like doing Soundwave Festival in Australia and maybe hitting Japan. And I was like, oh my God, my life is about to change. I probably broke up. And I was like, well, on to the next thing, I guess. Um, and I was in a band with one of the guys who used to be in Hung- or yeah, who used to be in Hungover that was in it at the time. They needed a guitar player and like playing guitar is not really my thing. I wanted to play bass and something. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing until something comes along where I could play bass or whatever. Like, I'll join another metalcore band or something. Um, and then they started touring, and I was like, well, like, I know what tour is like, so that'll be cool. And we did our first tour, tour, three shows, uh, with this band, Glazed, who are our best friends in the whole world. And uh, it was awful. It was so bad. It, the, the Orlando show is good because we're from Orlando. But I was like, we're playing to nine people in a vape store. And uh, I was like, this is not, this is not touring. <laughs> like, where's, where's Cartel and Hawthorne Heights? What's going on? <laughs> uh, so I, it was kind of back to the drawing board. And I was like, all right, how do I uh, use my experience in this, from this project prior uh, to try and like elevate this project? Because all the pieces were there. Like the songs were good. Um, people were starting to get really into Hungover before I joined. Um, they had like a, a presence about them locally. It had all the workings of something that could be really cool. Um, and just, I think I came in right at the right time where they were probably also looking to make that next step onto the the next level. And then our singer left and it became the situation where they're like, we have like seven shows booked. We don't want to drop them. Uh, you sing the best out of all four of us. So you're going to sing for these shows. And I was like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't want to do that. I had always sang to write songs, but I never sang to play songs live. I was doing like harmonies and backups or whatever. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll do this for uh, these shows. And then towards the end of that string of shows, they're like, hey, you know those songs that you wrote? You want to you wanna start playing some of them? And I was like, no. <laughs> like I don't want to do that. So we started doing that, and then we booked some more shows. And I was like, "Are we gonna find another singer?" And they were like, "We'll see." And then they were like, "You want to record a song?" 
And I was like, okay, I, I guess so, but we'll just do this one thing, right? And at this point, like, I've kind of already accepted, like, I'm going to probably sing for this, like, if I'm recording a song. Like, we're not going to find another singer if we're playing out a song with a singer on it, and the singer is me, and I'm already in the band. So then that's when we recorded Girlfriend. We put out the music video, and I think that is what truly took us, like, the next, like, from D local DIY band to DIY touring band. It kind of legitimized us in the eyes of a lot of people. And then we recorded an EP and started playing shows off of that. And I was like, oh, we're not gonna I'm not gonna not sing for this band. <laughs> like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be singing for this band for the foreseeable future. because uh, it's going pretty okay. Um and then uh yeah, that's kind of how we got to where Hungover is now. Wilt came out. Um we got a lot of really cool attention from the original uh release. And then we got picked by Smart Punk, maybe like six to 12 months after we put out uh, the first version of Wilt and then they reissued it. Um, and then we end up here. Did, was there like a sweet local, like discovery, like story, like did smart punk and like Grant come to one of your shows and like, we're going to sign this band. Like they're, they got it. So, <laughs> we, we have, we had not anymore because we're old. But we used to have this uh, lore about us, and it was never that Hungover was really good live. It was that Hungover is crazy and will jump off of stuff and will do X, Y, and Z. Like, we'll everything short of, we'll be very respectful of the venue, but you're going to think we're going to break something until we're done. <laughs> like, that was kind of the vibe. And the songs were recorded way better than we could have played them at the time. Cause like there's tracks, there's harmonies. Like we weren't playing to a click. Like we had shitty combo amps and we were just trying our best, you know? Um, but eventually like you pick up a good piece of gear here. Like you figure out, Oh, maybe we should start playing to a click track. Other people do that and it works out pretty good for them. Um, so we just started doing that and like doing little runs and getting tight. And we had entertained a few offers from some people that, uh, we were we were surprised that we were even even talking to. We got put on BBC Radio um, after the first version of Wilt came out with like no label, no reps, no management, no booking, no PR, no anything. We were like, this doesn't make any sense. And then we got asked to be in Rock Sound. We got like a two page spread in Rock Sound. Um, we got a feature in Alt Press, um, and just some other random things. Shout out uh, Becky from Big Picture Media. She hooked it up super hard on the uh the girlfriend release and i think that helped us get a lot of traction but as far as the ep that was just us pushing as hard as we could possibly push um so i think just us touring us getting some press us getting some radio play um that kind of got the attention of smart punk and uh we met up with them at uh ollie's public house shout out pub house um and it was pretty much a, a done deal from there and we've been working with them ever since Hell yeah. I love that. And um, I I'm assuming the the like the LP that you guys are recording would, would still be with Smart Punk? Yeah, we'll be putting that out with Smart Punk. I can't give a date yet uh, for the actual LP, but um, do you know when this podcast comes out? In a couple of weeks, probably okay. two or three, I think. So, mm, so that'll be like early September, probably. Yeah. Um, maybe a few weeks after that, we might have something cool for you guys to pre-save. 
Okay. Okay. So stuff, will, all right, all right. stuff will be coming coming out soon. It's been a long, long, long time. Uh, it feels weird to talk about it to people who aren't in my house or in my band or working at the record label <laughs> um, because it's been such like a close thing for so long. Been working on the record for like there are songs on this record that like the skeletons of them precede Wilt. Um, so a lot of wow. these songs we've been working on for a really, really long time. We recorded a whole record. We re-recorded that whole record. There's a whole pandemic in there. Austin and Evan left the band. Uh, Evan came back briefly, left again. Um, Evan moved to Colorado. Um, Gabe, who's still in the band, moved to Vegas. Um, I had another child. Sean opened two restaurants. Um, <laughs> like I've, it's it's been a a whole thing, and not to mention just like personal stuff, band stuff. There's three of us, and there used to be five of us. Like interpersonal relationships, all that stuff. We've gone through so much, and there's been so many different versions of this record. Like I sent uh, some tracks to to J Rob, I think like six months ago, and some of those tracks are way different now. But <laughs> like like mix. Yeah, it was like the first mix. Yeah, uh, mix-wise, master-wise. Um, and it was one of those things where like, we were just talking about it while I was cutting his hair. And I was like, I got to get these songs to somebody. <laughs> like, I have to show them and we're talking about them. Yeah, because I think um, you were like, you had just started leaking them on TikTok. Yeah. And even so, even what's leaked on TikTok, uh, those songs have been remixed and uh, mastered. Uh, so what I can say is we recorded the record uh, that we are that it exists i promise um to anyone listening it exists there are 11 songs on it uh we recorded it with sean dolich who is of uh he's in mood ring uh he just got off of tour with our last night not that long ago uh producer extraordinaire in uh one of my favorite local bands of all time iglesia shout out iglesia he's gonna hate me for saying that um alan reitman who did all of Wilt except for mastering, mixed this record and did the vocal production. And uh, Alan Douches, who mastered Wilt, um, he's done a bunch of other cool stuff like Fall Out Boy and Made a Parade. He mastered this record again. Um, so we really took the time on these songs and did our best to put them in the hands of people to where like, we're given very few notes. Like if, if you're in the camp and on the team, it's because we trust you. And we trust that you're going to do what is best for these songs and for this record. And I think that uh, when it's finally out, people will be satisfied and impressed that it is a head and shoulders better and different than what we were doing before. It It's funny too, because I don't, it, it's funny that you brought up, you bring up Sean, because that, that kind of like ties in uh, the episode that we had with Dom from Broadside. Yeah, he worked on the Broadside record well. He worked on the Broadside record. He also worked on all the Old Again stuff. Mm-hmm. When Old Again was a was a thing, like I don't know, man. Like I I I try to tell people, like or the Orlando scene, like for what it is now, so many bands like had to break that barrier, and it was bands like Hungover and Old Again and you know Capstan. And I remember the first show I ever like met Mark at was in Capstan's living room. And that was like, I think that was your first hungover show. That might have been your first hungover show. Or maybe Shout your out second. Pat Dan Hauk. 
there is yeah. a, I won't, I won't say what it is, but there is a, a nod to uh, Capstan House in our, uh, in our new album artwork. Or in our new single artwork, not the album artwork. Is it the keg falling off the roof or Kevin shooting beer cans in the backyard? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> um, it'll, be, it'll be pretty apparent, but we, we give them a little, <laughs> little bit of love. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to I I which which caps do you remember which Capstan House show that was? Uh, it had to have been one that hits home played at too. So it had to have been hits home hungover. Was it the northbound one? Yes, that's what it okay. was. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's where I feel like I, that's like my an event. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I met. That was probably like my fifth hungover show. And you started like meeting everybody. Like everybody was at that show. Yeah, it was. Everybody was at that house all the time, constantly. <laughs> so wild. And they're not like even originally from Orlando. Like, how did they get I think, so like intertwined I think a lot of them are in from the scene? Yeah, yeah. Boz and Anthony are from Michigan. And then Harry, I don't remember where Harry was from. And then Joe's from New York. And then. Scott, I think Scott's originally from, he may be from Orlando or like Melbourne, but I think he's from Florida originally. It's wild. It's crazy. Like, just like, I, I can vividly remember that house. Like, it's it's like just so ingrained in my memory just walking in. There's a giant Steve Brule flag on the left. And then you have like the living room that they tore down to like do shows and they like put everything back up like the next two days. It's It blows my mind how how... That house is just, I've, I've seen it at its busiest and I've seen it at its like the most calm. And it is the duality of that is just always going to be stuck in my head. Yeah. It's just a special place. It's the only place I've ever been that could have 200 people in it. And there's so much sweat in the air that it's misty. And then an hour later, there's four of us on the floor playing like Mario Kart or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so quick. Like this too. Like it's the fastest yeah. turnaround time. So fast. It's like, all right, everybody's going to Denny's. Yeah. And there's always a guy that has like his chest hair is like shaved in like a tie. I remember that. I don't remember that. I think he was, I think he was like one of the he was like jet like one of Jesse's friends from Tampa. And he would always come and he had like his his whole like chest hair was like like a perfect tie, like a Windsor knot tie. It was the fucking craziest thing. That's and he would always just get into the pit. Or Dang. the living room pit. That's legendary. Yeah. It's just these these random like blips that just pop up in my head like, oh, I, I do remember that. Or did that actually happen? <laughs> crazy. Well, speaking of house shows, I, I guess it's super relevant. Did you guys see that Taking Back Sunday house show that happened like yesterday on oh, Long wow. Island? Dude, they played out. legit a backyard on Long Island yesterday. If you tell me that Eddie Reyes showed up, I'm going to flip this fucking table. No, I didn't see him. (laughs) But our friend friend Kate Russell, who worked for Fearless, she put up the video, and I was like, holy crap, it looks bonkers. Also, that bad is super weird now, because I just saw them at Four Chord, and they literally like talk like Christopher Walken. It's crazy. That's so he's always that. done that. That's just it's, that, it's he's bad. always done the southern preacher. I can't stand walk in. Yeah, he does that all the time. And like it makes no sense. It's so aggravating to me because he writes such good music. And then whenever you see him, he's like, Hey, 
Hey, song we gonna play for you is called a uh, great uh, romance of the twentieth century, and you're like, dude, you're from fucking Lindenhurst. Stop. That's crazy. That's actually where I they play. Born on Long Island, and I don't talk like that at all. Yeah. Well, no, I think Adams were literally from like North Carolina. I don't think. Yeah, he's but from like Long originally, like he was born there. Like he's not like. He didn't live there and develop a North Carolinian accent and then bring it to Long Island and be like, hey, this is, this is me, Adam. Like, he doesn't, he just does that because, like, I but feel now he like. Sings, he sings like that, too, because does he? they did, like, oh. a stripped down acoustic set at four chord because of the tornado. Oh, and he was actually, like, singing the songs yeah. that way now. I was just I like, mean, I, like, I, I that... don't even enjoy this. Haven't you you've you've listened to the stuff in the church? Like that's kind of like what he does now. Yeah. Like he's I don't know. You know, people people change the way they sing, you know, like it happens um, all the time. But I did just see Andrew McMahon play in Old Mexico, which is a restaurant in Washington, PA. Did you go to the show with 15 people? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, he live streamed it too. I live streamed it, so I guess <sighs> let's just put it out there because I I've been keeping it inside. Yeah. So I'm at four chord. Tornado comes through. We go under the awning and we're like, oh, maybe this will pass. We're watching the radar. Long story, it doesn't pass for a long time. So after like two hours, I'm just like, you know, let's just chalk this up as a as a loss and head back to the hotel. Like I don't. I drove from Syracuse and I was like already beat. And I was like, I don't even know if this is going to happen. It's still pretty bad, the weather. So my wife and I are getting in the car, and we're driving back to our hotel. We're about 15 minutes away from where Four Chord was, and we're about three minutes away from our hotel. And Andrew McMahon goes live on Instagram. I'm like, oh, maybe there's like a festival update. Let me see what's going on. And he's like, I'm uh, at this Mexican restaurant, and I'm going to play my set. I'm going to play a a, a small, like, three-song set. And I was like, Caitlin, like, put this restaurant in your phone right now, talking to my wife. And it was less than three minutes away. And we we pull in. And at this point, there was probably six people in there. And then more people started trickling in as, like, they, they were probably in the same situation, like, leaving the festival. And they're like, oh, I'm going there. Like, let's go. And at at like it's most packed, I think there was like twenty people in there. It was bonkers. I, I still can't believe that that happened. That's the best way to if you're like truly a fan of someone to see them in an intimate setting like that is it's bar none. Like it's so it's so like uh, I'm a big Copeland fan. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, Matt who works at Smart Punk has this very very cool uh, coffee shop in uh orlando called easy luck and they had aaron marsh from copeland playing acoustic set not acoustic but like uh on his piano or whatever and it was maybe like 60 people tops and everybody was like afraid to approach the piano because it was all on the floor so quiet so polite he had a guy come up and play a song on piano with him like that he had never met before it's like you are here like peeling back the veil on this such a cool i don't know it's just that's awesome and you don't get that too often that's a cool experience no and like no joke this is not a venue this is this was literally probably where he went to eat dinner when like he realized his set was canceled and then it was just like a few margaritas deep and it was like 
fuck it. I'm going to play a few songs in this random ass Mexican restaurant. Like, was it was set up like for performance at all? No, no, no. Just just like, I'm, by guitar. The bar. By, I'm by the bar. Come here. I got my guitar. I'm going to play a few songs. That's awesome. It was wow. bonkers. Imagine he just. He just plays Constantine and leaves because it's like a dude. So twenty-seven song. This is the best part. <laughs> so he go, he plays two songs. He plays um, the swinging from the fire escape one, like from Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Then he plays mixtape, and then he's like, "All right, I got time for one more song." And I was like, "All right, I guess then you have to play Constantine." And it's just like, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen." <laughs> <laughs> But you can hear me say it on the live stream, and he just looked at me like this dick. That's why he's like, "We're not that's, doing that." That song is so long. But yeah, that's tried, why tried to get as much as we could out of him. <sighs> yeah, shout out Four Chord Rishi put on a sick festival, man. Like, it's bonkers how big that festival's become. There was thousands and thousands of people there, and. Other than the tornado, it was super smooth, relaxing. Everyone was just chill. I really enjoyed that festival. It looked like a good time. Yeah. So before we, before before you before you you need to truly experience fest. I do. You really need to, and I think the bucket list for me. And I think this year, this year's the year to do it because your friends. In out of time, the guy that he's in our podcast, <laughs> um, he's playing, and also a band that we both love, Inner Love, also playing. I think we're playing, playing on the same, same stage. stage too. Yeah, same stage, and then like also right after each other, you know who's probably playing at some point? Dikembe, and they fucking rule. They do and, rule. And, the Wonder oh, Years are doing two sets. Yeah, so Great think, generation is that what they're playing? Yeah. So I think and you got an acoustic set too. I think you got to come. I looked down. at the ticket pricing for that festival, and I was super confused. Like there are so many different tiers of <laughs> prices. It's crazy. Well, pretty much at, the, at this point, there are no three day passes left, so you'd have to buy like individual for tickets certain now. shows too. Yeah, it's 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 kind of convoluted now. I don't know why they do it that way, but they do. But at any rate, maybe go to fest. Because I think you'll have a good time, even though you're you're not going to drink PBR. You're still going to nope. have a great time. Blows like water in that city. Sure does. It's like out of the tap. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. My a buddy of mine. I'm not going to say his name. He found out how to get legal lean and had some legal lean. Legal lean. I think I delivered that doing Uber Eats one time to a nightclub in Orlando. Oh, legal lean. It's like dude. cough syrup and. Jolly not, Ranchers and Sprite. It's not what you want. I'll <laughs> tell you that much. It's not what you want. But, uh, Mikey, you were saying before I so rudely interrupted you. No, nah, it's all good. Where were you going, Justin? I was going to say, uh, outside of Hungover, Mark, what other bands are you uh, currently in? Um, I'm in another band that's new and uh, also circling back. Sean Dolich is in this one, too, because he's just a musical genius. Um. It's called Cat Company. That one's super different. Uh, if you're familiar with Hungover, it's like a progressive post-hardcore, um, Fall of Troy, Hail the Sun influenced situation. 
Um, that the story of how I got into that band is actually wild. We were recording the very early versions of these new hungover songs with Sean. And he accidentally played the wrong session and was like, what is going on? This is something I recorded earlier or whatever. Um, and I was in the vocal booth with headphones on it. I was like, what was that? It was like 15 seconds. He goes, oh, that's new cat company. And I knew they had just lost a singer. So I was like, can you send that to me? He goes, well, we already have like someone who's going to sing. And I was like, just send it to me. I just want to hear it. That's all. We're friends. It's not weird. Send me the song. And he goes, okay. So before we left, I was like, did you send me this song? And he goes, yes. And I go, okay, cool. Because that was the craziest thing I've ever heard. And uh, then I came back the next week. He had, he was filling in on bass for Hungover for probably like two years um, before Mood Ring popped off and he is a new dad and all this stuff. He's very, very busy. Um, so we were in the middle of practice at the same studio. And I go, hey, man, you remember how you sent me that song last week? He was like, yep, I remember because you made me. <laughs> like, you were very <laughs> aggressive about it. And uh, I was like, well, like, I might have like, wrote something to it. I don't know like if you want to hear it or whatever. He goes, I know that it's good because you wouldn't ask me to hear it and be willing to show me right now uh, without it being decent, you know? And it felt very like that scene in Superbad where Michael Sarah's like, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, it felt like that. But I put him and he goes, all right. We got to cut it. We got to cut it right now. So we that might have been the fastest I've ever tracked anything ever. Top line, I didn't. I don't think I did doubles, but top line and two harmonies with ad-libs in 30 minutes. It was like such a clean situation. And I think we like both looked at each other like, this is going to be a problem because they have someone who's singing. Um, that ended up not working out. And then maybe a year and a half later, um, I had heard some more songs in this year and a half that I was also annoying about getting that I just held on to. Maybe I had a feeling, I don't know. Um, but he goes, Hey, uh, last guy didn't work out. You want to try doing some stuff? And I said, yes, I, at this point did not know if I could scream or not, um, and I was like, yeah, I can scream. Like, let's 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 do it. <laughs> like, sounds great. So then I figured out uh, how to uh, how to do that. Shout out Melissa Cross, Art of Screaming. Um, and uh, we have been working on music for quite a bit. Um, we just put out uh, a song called Cutie Carousel. I think it's three months ago, and that's the reception has been crazy. It's a totally different scene of music that I'm not used to. Totally different uh, group of fans. Um, and the support has just been wild. I was so sketched out to um, to replace a singer again. But this time on a much larger scale. Because somehow over the five years that they haven't put out music, they've become more popular. So I was ready for people to be like, he doesn't sing like Jay and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I was a fan of the band before I joined the band. I think I used to play local shows with Jay all the time. I've always thought that he was super, super talented. 
And the stuff that he did on the self-titled Cat Company EP is crazy. Vocal range is insane. Lyrically insane. Screaming insane. The patterns, the cadences, it was a lot to live up to. And he set the bar super duper high. And I was so nervous about putting out this new music. Um, and I could not have been received more uh, fondly. And, and uh, everybody's been so warm and so excited for for more music from them and we actually just put out a remix of the song with a i don't know if you guys are familiar with pulses uh they're super super cool from virginia um in the in, this, in a similar vein as us um a little more swaggy <laughs> a little more cool but um just to see the reception uh has me excited for music in a new way that i, I didn't think was uh possible just like i don't know it's, it's a different vision from hungover which is cool um i have almost no free time so i don't know how i'm how i'm doing both <laughs> but we're, <laughs> we're rolling with it you know that project is super super fun and those guys just are are so wildly creative and i'm so fortunate to be in a project with them it's it's crazy like i i we talked about it when like one time when i was in the the chair and we talked about like essentially it's it's swan core and i hate i hate that term so much and i don't know yeah. why i hate that term but it, it's it's you know will swan and you know what he did with dance gavin dance and royal coda and like all these bands like wolf and bear and even like, like yeti would be considered swan core in orlando um but like cat company's been doing it for such a long time and it it's such a cool it's something that i find myself listening to when i can't listen to pop punk or like metalcore anymore yeah. And it's just so like smooth and like um, I don't know. It's just it's just a, a groovy thing to listen to, just because everything meshes so well. But uh, I remember when when Cutie Carousel came out and you were telling me about it, and I was like, I'm gonna go check this out because I'm like secretly a, a huge Swancore fan. And um, as much as I can't stand the name of that genre, uh, it's it's such a good single that came out, and it's like it is like. I understood like where you came from. We were like, how am I going to live up to these expectations? But it sounds so dynamically different that you put your own plug onto it. And it's like, it's an awesome track. Thank you. I think if I tried to uh, emulate Jay in any way, I think it would come off as insincere. Um, and I did, I didn't want to put together anything that uh, didn't feel authentic because coming into this project that's so foreign to me um but i'm still i'm still figuring it out there's a lot of cool stuff that that we're working on and as we record more and more tracks i'm starting to become more and more comfortable and um they're just they're just so wildly supportive and it's, it's kind of one of those things to where uh everyone who is in that bit like sean lawrence ryan like they are all so immensely talented um that it, it's kind of crazy like i'm like are you sure you guys want to be in a band with me like <laughs> it's the it's the same with with hungover honestly like sean connors um since i've been 17 has been this guy that i've like literally looked up to like when i got to play with him in broadway i was like this is crazy that i'm sharing the stage with this guy um, and Gabe possesses this insane talent to where he just 
he rips like they everybody that i'm around musically is just so gifted and i'm constantly in awe that i get to share these spaces with people and that i get to create with these people and that i get to just make i don't know it's just it doesn't feel real sometimes that it's just like oh i was just gifted this song that you wrote in the google drive and now i get to sing on it and it's like the coolest thing i've ever heard and anyone that i'm in proximity with like in either band like just has the ability to like here you go <laughs> rock um so I've, I've been super i've been feeling super lucky and super grateful about music lately um, love that and do you have any shows lined up for the the rest of the year in either projects so, hungover's working on booking some stuff right now um we a lot of it has been like fly by the seat of our pants um there are a we, lot of really cool you guys just uh, did the five-year wilt too like a couple months yeah. ago we just uh we just the we did the five-year anniversary for wilt uh a few months ago which was crazy sold out of any we've never sold out before um reminded me that like people actually care um and wants to be involved and want more music and there's just a, a crazy experience a crazy um a crazy time to be able to like fly in the OG lineup and be able to rip that. That was a really awesome time. Um, right now we're working on a new set um, with Gabe being in Vegas. Um, it's a little, it's a little touchy as far as like when he'll be in and when he'll be out, but we have some like really, uh, really cool feelings. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Gene from Overthinker. He's been filling yep. in. Uh, in Gabe's absence, and Gene just, I've known him since I was 16, just an absolute ripper. Uh, we have some some guys on retainer that will be filling in, and we're going to start playing some shows towards the end of the year here, putting some stuff together, some out-of-towners, some weekenders, whatever, getting back into the swing of things. Um, Cat Company, I'm not sure exactly what shows look like. Uh, once again, shout-out Sean Dolich, new dad. That little baby's like two weeks old. So that kind of puts a, a bookmark in things. Um, but what I can say is I'm sitting on probably more music in this moment than I've ever been sitting on in my entire life. And it's actually going to come out. <laughs> that feels really good to say. Um, Catco has been like a whole year plus journey to get to the point where we put out Kitty Carousel a couple months ago. This hungover journey, like I touched on before, has just been absolutely insane um but i am just the most stubborn person who's ever lived i guess and i refuse to let it not happen so here we are you know on the cusp of new music finally um so yeah oh yeah well we can't wait to hear it when it finally does drop and you know for you guys to play some shows whether it's just in the local orlando area or if you guys venture out anywhere else oh we'll find our way out yeah because we'll, we'll get around you guys sound like you were road dogs at one point because i know you played like that keep flying holiday show and like that's a long way away from so, this is this is the deal with with hungover is before at the early stages of the band we just didn't care like we would go for it um when we signed to smart punk they were like we want you on the road as much as possible and we took that to heart the first thing we did was uh book a six-week tour with no money 
So we are not afraid to just go for it. We'll do flyouts. We'll do weekenders. We'll play House of Blues. We'll play living room. We'll play someone's backyard. We'll play Will's Pub. We'll play wherever. Um, that's been the really cool thing about uh, Hungover is that we don't care what the stage looks like. We don't care what the sound system is. Um, if we can plug in and play, we're going to make you think we're going to break stuff until we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's a it's a little more tame now that we're older we care a little bit more about tone and gear and whatever but the, the spirit is still there hell yeah well mark thank you so much for hanging with us tonight it's yeah, been a pleasure thank you and you know we'll, we'll be in touch for sure especially when the new music comes out maybe we'll have to get you back on to start plugging that away too but Oh yeah. On socials, where where can everyone find you? Hungover band uh, on everything. Uh, Cat Company is Catco IG on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, I am a bad band member. I don't know what the Twitter is, but if you search Cat Company, it shows up. Um, I have a little known solo project called uh, Evil Genius. It's Evil Genius and on everything, not band. Evil Genius and. Um, and I am, uh, Mark, M-A-R-C, Anthony Cortez with an S on Instagram. Hell yeah. And you can head over to the hungover TikTok and get as many teasers from this upcoming album as Dude, he's willing I, to give I us. Feel, <laughs> I feel so bad because we got, so I know that we're, we're wrapping up. Um, we got mix one and I was so pumped on mix one and I was like, there's no way that this is going to get pushed back. I'm going to start. I posted a tweet actually, and I was like, I'm going to start leaking the record on TikTok. And Smart Punk liked it. And I was like, let's go. That's all the permission I need. <laughs> so I just started like, I started popping off little teasers. Or There's probably like three or four songs we teased on there. Um, and uh, I did not know that they were going to pop. <laughs> like I had no clue that people were gonna be hyped. It was just like this bug. The same way I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna send you some stuff." When you were in the chair, I was like, "I just need, I need to microdose releasing music really quick, uh, so that I can feel like I'm, I've done something, and so that the, these patient people who have waited for five years for new music know that it exists." Um, and then I posted a, a teaser of a uh, this song, "Shake It Off," off of the record. And that one really started to hit. And I've recently learned that I can't tease that one anymore because people get upset that it's not out yet. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm being a little bit more careful, but there will be new music out in the fall and I will be sure to tease more uh, concisely in the future. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we can't wait when you do it the right way. And, and once that pre-save is up as well, we'll, we'll share it and get, get word out. But uh, Mark, thanks again for hanging and uh, we'll talk to you later. Appreciate it guys. Peace.